0: From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is Battleground Ballot Box. I'm Stephen Fowler. Election season in Georgia is finally over, and the new year brings new prominence for the state's elected representatives.
1: And um, I think um, Georgia, once again, will prove to be consequential. I think in a real sense, as goes Georgia, so goes the South. As goes the South, so goes the country.
0: Both the Republican-controlled House and the Democratic-controlled Senate have narrow margins in Washington after voters rejected extreme candidates in competitive races during the 2022 midterms. Senator Raphael Warnock begins a full six-year term after a bruising campaign that saw bipartisan appeal in a new political landscape. In the House, redistricting helped Republican Rich McCormick flip a seat and joined by trucking company executive Mike Collins, the two new members will draw upon their backgrounds to bring new perspectives in tackling big issues.
2: You see trucks on the road, you see our industry, but you don't know anything about it. And uh, to be able to bring that insider knowledge into this to, to Congress, just in that industry alone will be a big help.
0: But that will have to wait until the House elects a speaker. Two Georgia Republicans are leading figures on opposite sides of the fight to vote for California's Kevin McCarthy, as the party's narrow majority in the chamber is susceptible to gridlock with even the smallest amount of dissension. On today's special episode, we take you to Washington, D.C., to look at Georgia's rising bipartisan importance in our nation's capital. After five elections, two years, and hundreds of millions of dollars raised and spent, Raphael Warnock will finally start a full six-year term in the U.S. Senate. After the late Republican Senator Johnny Isaacson stepped down before the end of his term, and Governor Brian Kemp appointed Republican Kelly Loeffler, the pastor of historic Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, finished first in a November 2020 special election and won a January 2021 runoff to help give Democrats control of the Senate. He easily won the Democratic primary in 2022, finished just under 50% in the general election, and for the second time in as many years, emerged victorious in a runoff. I caught up with him on Tuesday in the Russell Senate office building, a stone's throw away from the U.S. Capitol, where he had just been sworn into office with family and friends in attendance.
1: Well, let me just say it's a real honor for the people of your state to say that as we take stock of our families, Uh, we'd like for you to represent us in the Senate. Um, It's something, quite honestly, that still gives me goosebumps. Um, Because our families are what matter to us the most.
0: The 51 to 49 Democratic Senate majority was expanded by one in the midterms, meaning Vice President Kamala Harris could no longer have to cast a tie-breaking vote on many bills. But, Arizona's Kirsten Sinema, who sometimes votes with Republicans, announced in December she would officially become an independent, making Warnock an even more important member in approving legislation. Working across the aisle will be a political necessity the next two years in Congress, with razor-thin margins in both the House and Senate and different parties controlling the chambers. A December Marist poll also found a majority of Americans want to see members of Congress work together.
1: I'm the 18th most bipartisan senator in the Senate, according to the Luger Center, a center named after Republican Senator uh, Richard Luger of Indiana. Uh, so I've been very intentional about working with Republicans in the places where I think we can get some work done together.
0: On the campaign trail, Warnock said he was up to the task, citing collaborations with everyone from Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville to Texas Senator Ted Cruz.
1: And I'll give you one example, everybody knows that People have really strong feelings in this country about the issue of reproductive choice, and the people on both sides of that divide feel very strongly about it. I said to my Republican Senator uh, Marco Rubio, look, we don't agree on the issue of reproductive health care, but if the issue is life, and I believe in life, then we certainly ought to be concerned about the high rates of maternal mortality in this country, which are abysmally high especially in a state like Georgia. And for black women, it's three to four times the rate of white women. And so Marco Rubio, with whom I disagree almost all of the time, and I got together and we did a maternal mortality bill uh, to uh, try to safeguard the healthcare of Georgia women. And I look forward to doing more of that kind of work.
0: Warnock serves on key committees at a key time, like the Committee on Agriculture, Nutrition and Forestry, which will tackle the once every five year farm bill that covers national policy around things like nutrition assistance, conservation and rural development. And of course, he will continue his push for lowering the cost of health care.
1: I'm glad that uh, beginning uh, this month in January, people on Medicare will pay no more than $35 of -of out-of-pocket costs for insulin. That is something that I champion. It's a bill that I introduced. And I'm hopeful that now that we've got the election behind us, I might be able to get enough Republicans to work with me to provide a bipartisan path to capping the cost of insulin for folks on private insurance as well. In addition to that, as I said, I want to keep trying to encourage, incentivize Georgia to expand Medicaid so we can strengthen our health care system. I want to create jobs and opportunity all across our state. I was glad to be one of the... Uh, leaders championing the jobs and competition bill, which invests in domestic manufacturing, the domestic uh, uh, production of chips or semiconductors, which we see in everything from cell phones to cars to computers, so important to our economy, so important really to our national security. And I get to focus on this work for six more years.
0: What an honor. Even though he won't have to be on the ballot for the next six years, Warnock will play a crucial role for Georgia Democrats, as he was the only one to win statewide in 2022, and provides a roadmap for the party overall to be competitive in battleground states. Warnock first joined the Senate in 2021, winning a January runoff alongside fellow Democrat John Ossoff, who won't have to be on the ballot again until 2026.
3: Look. Those two Senate runoffs two years ago, in January of 2021, laid the foundations for everything that's been achieved in the last two years. And there have been more bipartisan achievements in the Senate in the last two years than any time in the last decade.
0: That includes things like a bipartisan infrastructure law and veterans health legislation, which Ossoff says is the type of results-oriented legislation voters want to see.
3: Those are significant bipartisan achievements, and it, it can perhaps be overlooked, given the sound and the fury of partisan politics on Twitter and on cable news, how much has been achieved with support from both Democrats and Republicans in Congress in the last couple of years.
0: He's made his mark in Congress, too, in a short time, like spearheading legislation stemming from a months-long investigation into federal prison conditions.
3: I chaired in this most recent Congress the Senate's Investigations Subcommittee and led multiple long-term bipartisan investigations of crime, corruption, and abuse in the federal prison system. On the basis of our findings in those investigations, passed into law this bipartisan legislation to strengthen security at federal prisons.
0: There's legislation tackling the opioid epidemic, solar power manufacturing, affordable military housing, and more stemming in part from Georgia's elevated political clout and the politicians that wield it.
3: All of this is facilitated by the fact that Georgia is such an important state. It helps me to reach across the aisle. All of that has been done with Republican and Democratic support, not to mention beginning the process of planning a high speed rail line from Atlanta to Savannah. Ultimately, this is about delivering results for the state.
0: It's quite a different time from 2017 when Ossoff lost a special election for the 6th Congressional District, the first race following the election of President Donald Trump, and then the most expensive House race ever. But even though all eyes are on Georgia's politics, Ossoff is making sure it's for good reasons and not grandstanding.
3: You will rarely find me on national cable news courting controversy or posting something outrageous on social media i have focused on building strong working bipartisan relationships in the senate to pass legislation that serves my constituents in georgia and in every part of georgia and that approach has paid off for the state it's enabled me to pass into law more legislation than any other member of the freshman class in the Senate.
0: On the House side, there are two new faces joining the ranks of Georgia's lawmakers, Rich McCormick and Mike Collins. McCormick is an emergency room doctor who first ran for Congress in 2020 and is one of the Republicans that flipped a seat to give the party its slim majority in 2023. On Tuesday morning, before the first day in Congress, he expressed optimism and hope that his fellow Republicans wouldn't get too divided over the speaker vote or with other issues as they take control of the chamber.
4: We're one body of many parts, just like a church. We have a lot of people who have different opinions. That's OK. You're never going to influence somebody inside the party. Uh, by calling them names. You're never going to influence them to vote the way you want them to vote by by doing anything other than having a strong relationship. We need to focus on our relationships. We need to be be respectful towards each other, respectful towards the uh, three quarters of a million people that each one of us represent. Uh, We have some really big things to tackle. And if we're sitting here pointing fingers at each other and calling each other rhinos and crazies and everything else, we won't be able to get that done.
0: McCormick was buzzing with excitement about joining the esteemed halls of Congress, rattling off dozens of different policy areas he's interested in, ranging from healthcare to government spending to manufacturing and the country's relationship with China.
4: People don't realize 90% of the renewable energy sources come from China. 90% of the pharmaceuticals that we use in basic life, such as amoxicillin and Augmentin, are created in China. We just had uh, Jackson Healthcare just took over uh, the only remaining factory in America that produces Augmentin and amoxicillin. Why is it important? Because if you don't have that, what are you going to do when things go wrong? If you have a bad relationship with China and now you don't have a substantially important drug, we're not looking forward. We're we're, we're reacting to everything. This is the problem with Congress. We react instead of being proactive.
0: McCormick is conservative, as is his district, which runs from North Fulton County up through the deep red exurbs of Forsyth, Cherokee, and Dawson counties but he's also a realist who acknowledges he serves all of the people in his district, not just Republicans.
4: Relationships matter. Uh, It trumps politics. It it allows us to influence people without being political. Now, it, it has a political outcome because we want what's best for people to happen in legislation. But ultimately, I can't convince you to vote for me unless I have a relationship with you. I can't convince you that what I'm trying to pass is good unless I have a relationship, because you're not going to hear me if I don't have a good relationship with you. If, if I don't have some sort of background and experience, you're not going to believe what I'm going to say to you. And if I don't put it to you in a message that's loving, we're not going to have a good conversation. That's going to influence and change America.
0: So, coming from a closely divided state into a closely divided house in a split Congress, he's also clear-eyed about what Republicans could or should attempt these next two years, starting with electing a
3: Georgia's DBHDD reminds people that the Good Samaritan Law can save lives during alcohol and drug overdoses. People are urged to call 911 and stay until help arrives. More information at opioidresponse.info
4: And so we really have some ability to affect real change, but we have to be realistic. We are the minority in the Senate. We, are the, we don't have the, 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 the White House. So where can we get gains in incremental amounts? And we can't be all or nothing. This is one of the problems that, that some, some idealistic people have. I respect that, but we are one body of many parts. We have to respect each other and, and we can't kick people out of the church because we don't all believe in one thing that's called a cult. We're not a cult, we're a church.
0: As of the time this podcast was produced, the House has held 11 different votes for Speaker of the House. All failed since there was no majority. Kevin McCarthy, the former minority leader from California, cannot get support from about 20 hardline conservatives in a vote where he can only afford to lose four. One of those is Andrew Clyde of Northeast Georgia, who so far hasn't indicated what would make him change his mind or why he's holding out. Without a speaker, there is no house, no rules, no committees, and more. The typical pomp and pageantry of Tuesday where families get to witness the swearing-in of members hasn't happened yet, and some went home with no resolution in sight. One of the more surprising developments in recent months has been Northwest Georgia's Marjorie Taylor Greene emerging as a vocal ally of McCarthy after spending her first term in office stripped of committee assignments and a thorn in the side of leadership due to her constant controversial statements and actions. But after the House adjourned Tuesday following three failed votes, she was angry at her colleagues and was a voice of reason.
3: It's not a
2: popularity contest. It's not who we like and who we don't like. Because you want to know something?
1: That is the failure of Republicans.
0: Green stands to gain potential plum committee assignments of McCarthy as elected speaker, but she's also emerged as a critic of Republicans who won't work together with a party to accomplish goals, an ironic twist from her first term. At some point, though, somebody will get elected Speaker of the House, and Republicans will move forward with their efforts to shape things in the House. In between the third and fourth failed vote for speaker, I ended my time in Washington this week by interviewing Georgia's other new member of Congress, Mike Collins, in his office. A trucking company executive, the Jackson Republican has always been familiar with politics as the son of former Congressman Mac Collins, who also served in the state Senate and as a county commissioner.
2: So I've been around the political arena pretty much all my life, not as an insider, but just a outside or real close to the inside. So I saw what it meant to be able to, to, to serve, to actually put your business to the side, your personal life on hold, and go serve your constituency. And uh, I always thought that was uh, a, a neat thing to do, a, a point in everybody's life when they probably need to do that
0: and, and give back to your country and to your fellow man. When Jody Heiss announced he would run for Secretary of State, Collins jumped into a crowded primary field and emerged victorious in a runoff against Trump-endorsed Vernon Jones. He says he's pretty sure he's the only member of Congress that owns and operates a trucking company, and his background as a conservative Christian businessman who's also worked in financial services means he's primed to contribute once sworn in.
2: And, and, and even there, you, you don't have to look back any further than a year or two to see the problems that we've had in the supply chain. and and with the pandemic. And so many people really, you see trucks on the road, you see our industry, but you don't know anything about it. And uh, to be able to bring that insider knowledge into this, to to Congress, just in that industry alone will be a big help. But but I can take the knowledge, like I've said, of just being in small business, being so hands-on on how we have to operate and watch everything daily. and uh, and bring that up here and help get our fiscal policy under control.
0: He's got a lot of thoughts about health care and blames Obamacare for making things too expensive for his company and its employees.
2: The other part is the fact that we've got just runaway nuclear verdicts. And we are such a Sioux crazy country now. We've got to have tort reform. Uh, Tort reform is tearing up these, these doctors to the point to where most of them are becoming corporate doctors. And uh, just to get under that umbrella, and and that's two easy fixes right there that you could that you could go in and help the healthcare industry and get group insurance back affordable for people.
0: It's a big task to represent hundreds of thousands of people in Washington, but Collins is looking forward to it. Even some of the congressional quirks, like the office selection.
2: You know, it's a it's a tradition, uh, and I uh, we try to let. People have been asking me that. It's kind of a crazy thing. You know, it's a lottery system. Throw all the freshmen's names into the computer system, and then it spits them out. And that's the order that you get to go up and stick your hand into the box. I think that box was built in the late 1800s. And you pull out a button, and that button's got a number on it. And so that's the number that you get to go and pick your room. Now, I, I pulled number 30 out of the hat. So we had, we had already been going around looking at rooms, and uh, naturally being number 30, my top five were,
0: somebody else's top five too. During the primary, Collins said he wouldn't vote for McCarthy as speaker, but has supported him in every vote so far. His opponents have tried to call it flip-flopping, but he disagrees.
2: Well, you know, early on, I was upset just like everybody about wanting to hold people accountable, wanting to see things done that uh, we didn't think were being done. And, uh, and as we moved forward, um, I've seen a lot of movement uh, in, as far as moving to the right from leadership. And when we got here, that was one of the things I kept asking too, is what's more important, the rules of the game or the person at the top? And everybody that I talked to said, as long as we got the rule package that we need, we can operate and we'll be good. The other thing is no one has stepped up to run for speaker. And so your options were the Republican or the Democrat. I mean,
0: if if you want to be practical about it. Even if McCarthy is elected speaker or another more moderate Republican, the rules package governing how the House operates is way more conservative as a compromise to unite the caucus's widely different views. While Collins is not yet technically a congressman and gridlock is dominating headlines, he's confident the next two years will be successful.
2: And I think if you put together the right rule package, which we did, you put together the right agenda, which we are seeing the right agenda to come forward. And then my job is not only to pass it, but to sell it and to make sure that the American people understand exactly what we're doing. I mean, we, we know we've got to cut expenses up here. So you've got to be able to explain to people exactly what you're doing, why you're doing it, and, and what the end product is going to look like, what the, what the end game is. I think we've got the right people up here to do that.
0: And even though we are just days into the new year and nobody knows exactly what will happen, it is clear that Georgia's time in the spotlight is only beginning. Battleground Ballot Box from Georgia Public Broadcasting is produced by me, Stephen Fowler. Our editor is Josephine Bennett. Our engineer is Jake Cook and Jesse Neiswanger wrote our theme music. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get podcasts. Thanks for listening.